0: to the Y'all Show for this Thursday. Excited to be with you here as we go through all the goings-on of the Southeast today. We've got a busy show. Kiefer Ingalls will be here in just a few minutes to help us get ready for the start of the college football weekend as we have now the last weekend in the month of October. That means it's going to get real serious starting this weekend and it's going to continue on for quite some time as we've got... Teams jockeying for that college football playoff position. So we'll have plenty of college football talk with Kiefer in a few minutes. Also, in this opening hour, we've got hashtag hullabaloo. We're gonna talk about reparations. And reparations has come to mind because of some audio of the brand new U.S. House Speaker, Mike Johnson. A few years ago in a committee, he had something to say about reparations, and somebody's brought this to our attention now that he is officially your house speaker out of northwest louisiana congratulations to this louisiana native for being the 56th u.s house speaker mike johnson more on that that we'll get to in our headlines today plus we're going to mention a little collard green talk in our opening hour with hashtag HuddleBlue. hour two today we've got a Nashville Music Line Report, a great honor for Darius Rucker from the Country Music Association. We'll tell you about that. Congratulations to John Party. Garth Brooks asked him a very important question. It wasn't to marry him. It was another very important question. I'll tell you exactly what that question was when we have our great country music report all about John Party. That's coming up. Plus, outside of country music, Little Wayne in the news. Little Wayne and the Sport of Pickleball. What in the heck is that all about? I will tell you as part of our Nashville Music Line and as well as other entertainment stories of the day coming up in our second hour. Also in hour number two today, we will be talking in our Southern Food for Thought segment all about how you can get ready for Halloween And one way to get ready for Halloween is to get Halloween food or Halloween candy absolutely free. And believe it or not, we've got a great story that has been published at delish.com about where to get free Halloween food and candy in the hours before it's time to go trick-or-treating. So we've got that coming up in hour two today. In our final hour today, in addition to the headlines, we've got a Southern Travel Report. Festivals in the South. What's going on across Dixie this weekend? In Maryland, they'll be celebrating the Maryland Crab Cake Festival. Over in Arkansas, it's the Arkansas Scottish Festival going on, and I'm going to give you all the details on these festivals in every section of the South that's got something going on this weekend. Jackson, Tennessee, it's Brewfest going down at the Minor League Baseball Park, now owned or run by the Jackson rockabillies. We'll tell you about that. And in Vardaman, Mississippi, right on the edge of Calhoun County and Chickasaw County, it's where you'll find Vardaman. Vardaman will be hosting this weekend the Vardaman Sweet Potato Festival. That, along with all the other great Southern festivals, will be discussed in our Festive South feature in our final hour today. Plus, we'll give you an idea of what you can find on the website, y'all.com. In our final hour, we'd love to have you part of our little Southern program. You can reach us here at the y'all show on our 24 hour day, this seven day a week text line, 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184. Or you can email us mail at y'all.com. We'd love to get your feedback. You know, we do this show for y'all. I mean, that's, it's not a joke. We call this show The Y'all Show, but it's y'all's show, really, and so we really encourage you to work with us, call us, text us, email us, communicate with us. We want to have the kind of show that makes you happy, that puts a smile on the face. It, it makes you a little bit more uh, informed would be the maybe the nice way to say it. We want to educate here on The Y'all Show. We want to tell you things that you didn't know. We want to have a show that's sort of a conversational show and that's our goal and we're looking forward each and every day that we come here to kind of team up with you to do exactly that so join us for this Thursday y'all show now as we get it underway and today we start our news headlines with the sad story coming outside of the south today and that comes to us from Maine as authorities there are trying to locate a shooter who on Wednesday night went into a bowling alley and to a restaurant, and this shooter has now killed at least 16 people in Lewiston, Maine, and police are searching for 40-year-old Robert Card, a man who's had experience in our armed forces. I think he's been part of the Maine National Guard, and he is the person of interest, and he's on the run, and authorities are trying to find him now that the sun has arose in Maine today as it would be a very very good thing to capture this man as there are thousands of Maine residents now that have been ordered to stay locked in their homes schools have been canceled and you got a lot of frightened people in that New England state right now after this man had a shooting rampage and an unfortunate ugly incident on Wednesday night. And our thoughts go out to those who have been affected by this, the dozens of people it looks like that are going to end up losing their life or be seriously injured, and it's just uh, another mass shooting. I think I saw where this is now the 36th mass shooting in the United States this year. That according to the Associated Press and the USA Today in partnership with Northeastern University. And as I said, we've got not just at least 16 people killed, but dozens of people have been wounded in this horrible situation where this guy goes into these establishments in Maine and with his automatic weapon mows them down. And authorities now dedicated to find the shooter, going to find the shooter, and that's what we hope to do to find this guy, get him locked up or there's a always a chance that he could take his own life, he could be killed by cops. There's also a chance that this guy's quite the skilled military guy as it sounds like he is. He could elude authorities for a very long time. don't hope we don't hope that happens, but Maine's a very rugged state and this guy, I don't know if he grew up in Maine, but it's not a A very pleasant situation, waking up today, finding out about this news of an overnight mass shooting in the state of Maine. Our thoughts to the folks in that New England state and to those directly affected by this tragedy in our country. On Wednesday, Mike Johnson officially became the House Speaker, the 56th House Speaker in American history, and this guy who is a trained lawyer, and graduated from LSU as both an undergrad and law student. At 51 years old, he went through House. the House vote unanimously. No one on the Republican side voted against him, and not one single Democrat voted for him. But that was enough for him to get not 217. That's not what he needed. He got 220, 220 votes. He got all but one. I think one Republican person was not there, and so they did not vote. But... Mike Johnson is your new U.S. House Speaker, a guy that you probably have seen on TV, but to his credit, he hasn't been rushing to be in the spotlight over these last years that he's been in Congress. He came into Congress on the Trump wave of 2016, and so now, I guess he was elected in 16, 18, 20, and 22. He's been elected four times, and the last time he was up for office, he didn't even have a challenger in a primary or on the Democratic side, as he represents a very red Northwest Louisiana congressional district. But he checks off a lot of boxes, and if you're a conservative, you should be very proud that, in the end, this guy who appears to have the rock-solid conservative credentials is your U.S. House Speaker. And as a Southerner, I'm very proud to have a Southerner right there on the uh on the docket on the on the what do they call it the dais of our nation's government and be there leading our country from the congressional side as a house speaker so thank you matt gates i mean looking back matt gates has done us a favor i think yes we had a couple of weeks of chaos but some people have said this was something that needed to happen the republican party needed to figure out what direction they were going to go and with a decision to go with Mike Johnson, this is a more conservative approach to having him be the U.S. House Speaker, And if you watched his address before Congress, he invoked his biblical knowledge and more, quoting from the Bible and pulling out verses I had not heard of, mentioned Moses. I didn't realize this. He pointed or looked in the direction of the rear of the U.S. Capitol. Evidently, there's a big portrait of Moses in the U.S. Capitol. I didn't know that. I guess when I snuck in there a few years ago, I didn't turn around and look. But sure enough, evidently, there's a Moses statue of some type or or painting in Congress, and that's pretty awesome. And this guy is a, a bright face. He's 51 years old. We wish him well. Mike Johnson, your new U.S. House Speaker, as he was selected on Wednesday to take over that role. Auto workers have reached a deal with Ford, and that's a breakthrough toward ending the strikes against the various automakers. As the UAW said Wednesday it had reached this tentative contract agreement with Ford that could break through the strike and end the nearly six-week-old strike that's been going on against all of Detroit automakers. A four-year deal, which would still have to be approved by 57,000 union members at the company, If approved, this could bring a close to the union series of strikes at targeted factories run by Ford, General Motors, and Jeep maker Stellantis. The Ford deal, if approved, could set the pattern for agreements with the other two automakers where workers will remain on strike. But we may have light at the end of the tunnel about how this strike can come to an end, the auto workers and their long-time, now six-week-old strike that's been going on against the major automotive forces in Detroit. We've got more headlines that we'll be getting to on the y'all show going forward today, including NOAA has come out with a winter outlook. It's going to get pretty chilly in many, many southern states over the next few days. We'll give you a little bit of a heads up on the immediate future, as well as what NOAA predicts for the south going forward throughout the rest of this winter. We will have that headline. Also in our headlines today, the Attorney General of the State of Tennessee is suing the federal government, and he's suing over abortion, a new abortion rule blocking funding. We'll tell you what's going on in Nashville with that, plus some collegiate talk today. How about a $54 million donation to a college in the state of Maryland? I'll tell you about this wonderful wonderful gift to hood college hood college located in frederick maryland that's coming up plus happy birthday this week to rhodes college in memphis they celebrate their 175th birthday and i'll tell you more about rhodes and its long history and some of its famous alumni as this memphis institution is celebrating 175 years uh, I'm gonna have to dig up what that word is. It's not sesquicentennial. It's another. It's not bicentennial. And it's not sesquicentennial. It's the one between there, one seventy-five. I'm. I know it's a fancy word. I'll try to figure that out before we get to that spot in our headlines today. And some other news out of the state of Tennessee today. How about in the Tri Cities area, a white buck has been spotted in that section of Tennessee. Yes, a deer that's all white. I hope no idiot tries to shoot it. It's a beautiful looking thing and there are some pictures of this deer crossing the road in Jonesboro in East Tennessee that I've seen and it's a it's pretty cool looking not white tail, how about white body deer, very rare thing to see in uh, in out in the woods. And, and and speaking of deer talk, deer, let me tell you that we're going to tell you all about a type of deer that can be found in certain sections of the south. That until this week, I had never heard of this type of deer. It's the Sika deer, a.k.a. the northern spotted deer, a.k.a. the Japanese deer. And this this type of deer has been brought in into a few areas of the south. And it's a kind of odd-looking deer, but it's available to be hunted if you have the proper credentials. So we'll tell you a little bit more about that type of deer in our Outdoors Talk on this Thursday y'all show. When we come back, we're going to go to the outdoors of college football. Kiefer Ingalls will be dropping by, and he's going to help us get ready for this weekend's college football slate as we've got some good ones going on the gridiron, and he'll help us kind of figure out what we're going to do, especially for those of you who have money that you want to blow on some uh, online betting and more. We'll tell you all about the football conversation with Kiefer when we come right back on The Y'all Show. We're back here on the Y'all Show, getting you ready for a little cocktail talk as Georgia and Florida have their little powwow in Jacksonville this weekend. We're back here talking about college football and more getting you ready for the big weekend. John Rawl joined by Keeper Ingles. Good morning. You got you got your cocktail? I got my cocktail shirt
1: on, man. You do? I got little cocktails all over.
0: Yeah. It, it actually does have cocktail yeah, glasses on there. It does. What's your favorite cocktail? And I, I'm sure your mom's listening. I like a nice old-fashioned, man. An old-fashioned. Would that be a good thing to have in Jacksonville this weekend?
1: I mean, I don't know. It just depends on which team you're going for. I think we're going to have an old-fashioned butt-whooping. I do believe that's what's going to be in store for the Florida Gators this Although
0: weekend. Although Florida, I was ready to count them out thinking that the Napier experience is going to be a bad one. And they go and, and win in Columbia against the Gamecocks. And they must have been off last week.
1: I believe they were off last
0: week. And so they've got some momentum going into Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida. And Georgia doesn't have that much momentum
1: going and, into And I know game. that.
0: And Georgia's maybe looking ahead to Mizzou.
1: I mean, they would be wise to do that. You know, they're coming off a bye week as well. And, you know, they played Vanderbilt for their last game two weeks ago. And they only won by 17 points. They let Vanderbilt score 20 points against them. Um, so Georgia, what are they? What are they doing down there? I mean, that's not what you want to do, be doing midway through the season.
0: Yeah, and we've seen Georgia struggle with Auburn. Yes, they struggled a little bit with UT Martin.
1: I'll tell you. I mean, so
0: Georgia started off the year. They didn't blow UT Martin
1: out early, right? No, it was uh 21 to seven at halftime. That's what I thought. Right, and it's UT Martin. You know, it's not it's not great. You know, they beat South Carolina. Twenty-four talking about them Skyhawks. Twenty-four to fourteen, UAB. Um, they only beat UAB forty-nine to twenty-one. I mean, yeah, they scored forty-nine points, but they gave up twenty-one. You know, this is not a Georgia defense of the last couple of years. They lost. I'm pretty sure they lost all eleven starters last year. So it's a totally new defense, and it looks like it.
0: Give me the breakdown on Georgia's quarterback. You know, Mr. Bennett so, moved on. So, so w- Stetson
1: Bennett obviously was there forever, and now this year they've got Carson Beck. Um, he's a decent quarterback. I think the quarterback play is not where they're having many of their difficulties right now. He's you know he's being pretty consistent. He can run the ball. I think the, the main thing right now just they're just playing down to the opponents. It kind of feels like.
0: So Georgia is in. I mean, that's why we saw the other day the odds makers have already put. Michigan? Right. Ahead of Georgia for right. winning the Natty.
1: So I don't know if that's been affected by the past week of news coming out of Michigan, but you know, we could have a whole hour segment on on what's gone down up in Ann Arbor over the past week. I mean it's it's probably one of the bigger stories in college football history, if I had to say.
0: Well, I only know about it because of SEC shorts. <laughs> I think they've even had a an additional SEC short this week.
1: Specific. I haven't seen the additional one. Yeah, it's all I've, about stealing signs. So crazy, dude. So Michigan is still currently the, still, the, the S-T-I-L top Still, S-T-I-L favorite. or steel. Steel. S-T-E-A-L? steel Pittsburgh Steelers. No, they're still the number one team uh, odds-wise to to win the college football playoff this year. Georgia is a close second. And then it just drops off Florida State, Ohio State, Washington. So, All
0: right. Well, some of these conferences out here, have better, or I guess more, teams in the top ten right now. Still the SEC, only is it only represented this week by Georgia? Did Alabama?
1: In the top ten? Yeah. I don't remember exactly if, where Alabama. I believe Alabama, let's see, they are at nine. They so Georgia, Georgia and Bama in the top ten. you know, if this was next year, OU and Texas are also in the top ten. Uh, let's see. And then the, the next highest ranked SEC member is Ole Miss at 12.
0: Okay. So it's still a season right now not looking too good for SEC fans, uh, with Georgia being the long team right now that seems to be on a fast track to the playoff. But Alabama can easily get there if they can win out. And then you mentioned that team from Oxford. Yeah. And they've got, they've got van- a shot. they got Vanderbilt coming into Vault Hemingway this
1: weekend. A little homecoming game for them. And then after that, what do they have? They've got Texas A and M coming down to the vault the, the following weekend, um, November the so, fourth. So next week
0: would be probably the one to be definitely if they could get past A and M. Look out, Lane Kiffin might have a team that's playoff bound. Whether they get into the SEC championship or not,
1: right? I mean, it would all, almost be you know it, it all it all comes down to if they can somehow beat Georgia. I mean, that's that's the the only thing standing in their way. But I mean, it's the it's the biggest mountain that they could possibly have in their way. Yeah. <laughs> it's Georgia. They're yeah. they're pretty dang good. I mean, next year the 12-team playoff is going to be a totally different story when it comes to the getting up on the end of the season. I think these schools have an opportunity to host these playoff games on campus is mm-hmm. going to be unbelievable. Obviously, that's not until next year. but You're ready for next year. I'm ready for it. It's a little bit easier to get in that playoff next year.
0: Speaking of future games, and I don't want to get ahead too far because we still got to talk about the rest of this weekend, but is it next week LSU and Alabama play? I believe it is next week. Yeah, and I think uh, LSU may have this weekend off, so they're going to be not next –
1: yeah, next week, the 4th.
0: Right. I knew that was coming up pretty quick, and that's going to tell us, tell us a lot about Bama.
1: It's As, going to tell us a lot about them, man. I don't know if, if you know their. I don't know if their offense can keep up with LSU's offense. And I also
0: know about Alabama's future schedule thanks to SEC Shorts this week. <laughs> they're picking on those Chattanooga mocks.
1: Yeah, yeah, they got Alabama. Does have Chattanooga the the week after that? I believe. Don't
0: don't sleep on the current Southern Conference leaders, UTC mocks, Chatta. Nuga. there you go all right so <laughs> <laughs> any other sec contests we need to be looking out for this
1: weekend uh there's a couple more big games you know tennessee's got kentucky this week oh um, the beer so that's a, barrel battle all right that's always a exciting one it up. shouldn't be in october though that
0: should be somewhere in mid-november you know the schedule's all out of whack this year it's we'll all see. out of
1: whack it's gonna be all out of whack next year as well i mean it's there's no more divisions man no more east and
0: west. Yeah, but still some of the traditional rivalries need to be not to only be preserved. Kept, preserved, but preserved in the schedule and the time of year that they should be. I agree. Make that happen, Kiefer. I know you've got a fast... Wait,
1: I'll, I'll send a, a quick text over to my man Greg and get it fixed up for us. you yeah, we go by – we were on a first name basis, me and Greg, you know? Uh,
0: you know, I used to know Mike Slive. Oh, yeah? Yeah. His sec- That's cool. His secretary always looked out for me when I would go to the media days and get me an interview with Heck, yeah. Him. He taught me the term paradigm shift.
1: Paradigm shift.
0: Yeah, we were talking back in like 2011.
1: Like when Alabama kind of started getting a little worse and Georgia no, started getting a little better?
0: we were talking about potential new members for the SEC – And his word to me was, well, until there's a paradigm shift in athletics, we will not be looking at expansion. And there's been a couple of paradigm shifts. Seems like there's a paradigm shift every year. Slive was a pretty – savvy civil rights lawyer prior to getting into athletic administration. Sankey is not a lawyer as far as I know.
1: Sankey is the best man for the job, man. Is he? I think so. I mean you look at you look at well, if you look at from a business perspective solely, um the amount of money that these that the conference is making compared to the previous admin is hand over fist. Kind of similar with the NFL with Goodell. Mm-hmm. Why they keep extending him to thirty million dollars a year. <laughs> I would say Sankey's definitely done a better
0: job than the Pac twelve commissioner. Right. (laughs) Say he still has a job next year. (laughs) Yeah. He might be working for the SEC. I don't think so. That guy's bad news wherever he goes. Okay, so we got SEC covered. We got Kentucky and Tennessee.
1: What are your thoughts on that one? I mean, Tennessee's a three-point favorite. I think it should be a little bit more than that. I don't think Kentucky's got the juice like they did last year. I mean, they obviously their record uh, is 5-2. and They're the same record as Tennessee. Uh, But, you know, Kentucky, I mean, they got – Blown out by Georgia, pretty much blown out by Mizzou, lost by two scores, and uh, that was a game they're you know favored to win before the game. So I like Tennessee this weekend, but where's their headspace going to be at? You know, pretty much with all their season goals completely out the window and unattainable now. I mean, the path to the playoff for the Vols is you know next to not not possible at all. So I don't even. I mean, they. They would need Georgia to lose twice to make it to the SEC championship, as well as the balls winning out. So I think I mean, where's their headspace going to be? We'll find out on Saturday. This
0: game's in Kentucky at Kroger Field. I would Great atmosphere up there at Kroger Field, man. I, I, I would be if I were a betting man, put my money on Big Blue Nation on this one, frankly. This is your evening game on ESPN Saturday, Kentucky, Tennessee. That Vandy Mississippi game also is an evening game.
1: Indeed, six thirty.
0: Mississippi State, the high powered offense that they are. <laughs> we'll be going to Auburn. I'm kidding on that. They got Mike White, what, baby. What, did they get one touchdown last week? Yeah, they week? got one touchdown. And that uh, was enough to beat Arkansas?
1: Right. Mississippi State, you know, they're the, they're the proud holders of three of the, low, the top three lowest scoring SEC games of all time. That one last week was? That was, that was the third highest. So Mississippi State-Auburn, I believe it was in 2011, was 3-2. to two. Uh, Mississippi State-Alabama back in the 80s was 7-3. to three. Or 6-3. The then one this, they won. Yes. And then this game. When Alabama
0: was number one in the country.
1: Maybe. Mm, back in the 80s. I don't know. Yeah, it was early 80s no they beat number one. It was still I mean, about 17 years before I was born, so I don't really know the, st- the well, specifics of this game. I do know the final score, though, and I do know that Mississippi State is proud owner of the top three lowest scoring games in SEC history. So. Hell, stay. There you go.
0: All right, so the Bullies will be on the Plains taking on an Auburn team that's struggling. A uh, place think, to I, travel to, though. Yeah, but come on. What's going on with Hugh Freeze? I mean,
1: the, the, uh, the Natives are getting slightly restless. They get restless v- very easily down there. You know, it doesn't take much to get them all riled up in the Plains, and, you know, they're very quick to, the, to jump to conclusions down there. Kiefer Ingalls is with us here
0: on the Y'all Show getting ready for college football. There's a rumor floating around here that you were spotted on the Plains.
1: There could be a, a confirmed rumor in the last week. You in the last week, there. you know, the rebels had a game down there this past weekend, and uh, the plains—what a place, man! You like it? It's a tough place to go in and play. If I had to, if I was a player, I mean, I could not imagine. I mean, it's a loud spot. You know, there's not much, you know, around the city of Auburn, Alabama. It's a cool city, but you get right outside the city, and you're—that's why you got to go to Opelika, man. I mean, you're in the plains. Yeah. All right, so you got that game going on
0: mid-afternoon on the SEC Network, the Bullies of Mississippi State and the War Eagles of Auburn, and the early game by the way on ESPN Saturday. Snooze fest. What? Snooze fest. Is South Carolina, Shane Beamer's team really struggling as they were hammered last week?
1: Absolutely hammered. <laughs> I mean, Big time.
0: Yeah, and they've got 34-12. Where well, they got beat on the road at Mizzou. Now they got to go on the road to Kyle Field to take
1: on the Aggies. Another horrible place to play for for a road team. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get up and involved for South Carolina coming to town, though. We'll see.
0: All right, that's what's going on in the SEC. As far as ACC contests this weekend, about Florida State, they will be on the road playing a Wake Geeks, Forest baby. team that's
1: kind of they're, they're – They're not bad. <laughs> they're not bad. This may be a. They're a, they're a lot game. better than what everyone gave them, you know, their expectancy for this season with Hartman transferring out and all that. Everyone thought they were going to be dookie.
0: ABC has this one early on Saturday. Clemson's going to be
1: at NC State for the Textile Bowl. The Textile Bowl, dude. Oh, Clemson, man. Down year for them. <laughs> I mean, they, well, did you see how they lost last week? Are you talking about on the uh, called. Handoff quarterback called his own number and Is that what happened? Yeah, so Dabo is a horrible coach for doing this. Um in the post game press conference, he says, Yeah, it was a it was a handoff there. Uh he our quarterback called the wrong number and uh, this is on him. Like what? Excuse me? Yeah. Who what coach says that? Regardless if it was his fault. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's low down, man. I'm, I'm th- sorry, Dabo, you got your third loss this season.
0: Yeah, they lost to Miami in double overtime, I believe, last week. Mm -hmm. Clemson's got three losses already this year. It's the Tigers at the Wolfpack in Raleigh. Notre Dame's hosting Pitt this weekend. you got a top-20 battle going on between the Louisville Cardinals, ranked number 18, and Duke, which fell to FSU last week. That battle's going down at Cardinal Stadium in Louisville. Congratulations to the Cavaliers of UVA. They got a big win at UNC last week. And UNC, now be man, talk about a choke. Well, I'm going to talk about them in a second. UVA will be at Miami this weekend and Georgia Tech there at Bobby Dodd Stadium on Saturday night. They're hosting the number 17 North Carolina Tar Heels and what what was that word you just used? Choke. Choke. Yeah, they did choke against they looked, UVA.
1: They looked horrible. What happened? I don't I mean, you're looking at a UVA team that's one of the worst teams in the FBS. And you're looking at a Carolina team that was top ten. North Carolina. Sorry, North Carolina. Yes. Um, I mean, they looked horrendous this past weekend against UVA. I mean, I don't don't think there's any way that UVA keeps it within 15, 20 points of Miami. I I mean, we thought the same thing about the Carolina game last, North Carolina, (laughs) last week. So, I don't know. As you were. Okay, let's talk about Big 12 real quick. OU will be at Kansas. Trap game? I don't know. Do you think – do you think OU's got the juice? They looked a little a little bad last week against UCF. What's going on with Kansas's quarterback? So Kansas, their starting quarterback, his name is Jalen Daniels, yeah. not Jaden Daniels. So I mean he's he's going to be out for this week. Um, he's been out for the last three weeks, I believe. I believe it's an ankle or a knee injury, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they're, they're they don't have the firepower like they do when he's there. So I don't expect Kansas to be able to hold with the. All we'll right, as soon as. Fox has this one, early game from Lawrence. K-State, just down the road in Manhattan,
0: will be hosting the Houston Cougars in a Big 12 battle. UCF and West Virginia get together. West Virginia really had an opportunity last week against the Cowboys Dead. of Oklahoma State and lost at home. And Texas ranked number seven in the country on ABC mid-afternoon. They've got the BYU Cougars coming in for a Big 12 battle. Cougars. Yep, and Baylor's got Iowa State. Oklahoma State will be back at Boone Pickens, taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats. So any of those games
1: mean anything to you? I mean, just seeing how OU responds after last week. And I mean, they almost lost to UCF. I mean, came down to the very last play. It's just, you know, Oklahoma, they finally getting into a position where they're, they could make a run for the playoff, and then they play down to UCF. I mean, it's just crazy.
0: All right, let's talk a little FCS. The North Alabama Lions will be in Clarksville taking on the Austin P. Govs. I watched Austin P. last week. Did you see them? The Govs, No, I did not. They played a game in this crazy UAC conference that they're in, and they had a game way out in <sighs> Cedars, Cedar something Utah taking oh. on Southern Utah, the Thunderbirds. And the game went late, and it was a, a, I think a double overtime game. That's why I, I tuned in. And saw Austin P. survive. The governor's got the win. This weekend, it's the Lions from Florence coming up to Fortira Stadium in Clarksville for a contest there in Middle Tennessee with the Govs and UNA. In the Big South OVC conference going on on the gridiron this weekend, you've got the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs hosting the UT Martin Skyhawks. That one
1: Gardner- from just Webb. outside
0: of Charlotte where that one's going down. T-State, Tennessee State University, has that team from the St. Louis area, Lindenwood, coming over. And then SEMO will be visiting Nichols State. That's from the Big South Conference. And then in the CAA this weekend, you've got Richmond hosting the Campbell Fighting Camels. Campbell Camels. Monroe will be at William & Mary this weekend. And then in the Southern Conference, which thanks to SEC Shorts, we all can – Watch that and see that the Chattanooga Mocs are leading the SOCON. And this weekend in the SOCON, those Mocs will be marching into Lexington to take on the VMI Keydets, ETSU, the Bucks, who are really struggling this year, they're going to be in Greenville where Furman awaits. Furman actually pulled a shocker recently against Western Carolina and so Furman and ETSU get together. Mercer, the Bears, will be in Cullowhee to visit the Western Carolina Catamounts, and at Seabert Stadium in Birmingham, Sanford hosts the Citadel Bulldogs. And that's a look at some of the FCS battles going on this weekend.
1: You going to be making your way down to watch I a
0: Citadel? I will. I think I am. Awesome. Have you been to a game there at not. Sanford? Five dollars. Uh, if they charge it's a five dollar admission to get in. Hey, that's cheaper than high school football. But I have with too. with Bidenomics that might have gone up to fifty. <laughs> but it's probably Parents Weekend or homecoming there in Birmingham this weekend, so it's it's gonna be a big crowd if I end up going. But uh I can promise you the Bulldogs are gonna win in that particular contest. <laughs> uh what what can we expect out of this final weekend of of college football? How scary is it gonna be, keep?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm definitely geared up to watch plenty of games this weekend. Um, we'll be down in in Oxford, ready to go see the oh, old Miss Rebels play. That's a scary game. You are gonna, gonna wear your costume? I may have to pull out a little costume. I don't know what I'm gonna wear the game. That's yet. I'm one of not, the I'm fun sure things about, about games
0: this weekend. You see some really cute costumes out there, and they'll be all shown on TV for sure. When the young college folks, which you and what I, what should I dress
1: up as? Or not? Huh? Well, I'm going to look closer than you. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs>
0: I was man, well, yeah. I, I I better hold off my commentary on that one, but uh, we don't want
1: to get taken off the air, you know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. <laughs> hey, we're all college students at heart. Exactly. That's why we all love the game so much. Bro. Yeah, it's a great game. It really is. Kiefer Ingalls, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate you having me. Well, college football talk, getting you ready for the weekend, and we've got some much better games set up for next weekend that we'll be diving into. Indeed. We're gonna have a much better segment of the Y'all show coming
1: right up. It's not hard to get any better than one we just had. <laughs> oh, I'm teasing, man. We'll be right back with more of the y'all show. I remember waking in the
0: morning. To the sound of the rooster's crow. Mama cooking in the kitchen
1: And
0: Arthur Godfrey on the radio Me and Dad were just like strangers We never did see eye to eye It came to blows one Sunday morning so I packed my bags and I said goodbye.
1: And when you leave that way, you can never go back. A train won't run on a torn-up track.
0: Sometimes I wish I'd never roamed, oh no. Cause when you leave that way, you can never go home. And we're wrapping up the opening hour of our y'all show for this Thursday with a little hashtag hullabaloo and a little Confederate Railroad music. Some good stuff there. Don't tell Yvette Carnell about Confederate Railroad because she is the CEO of ADOS. And she's very busy on social media here in the last day as she can be found on the X account Breaking Brown. And again, Yvette is the CEO of ADOS, the American Descendants of Slavery, an advocacy foundation that's a grassroots organization that arose in response to a national landscape rife with yawning, racialized gaps. Not my words, right off the website. And this group, ADOS, has an eye toward the origins ...of the asymmetrical outcomes located in the institution of slavery... ...and their organization prioritizes reparations for descendants of chattel slavery in the United States of America. All right, so basically this is a group trying to get reparations. Yvette Carnell is her name, at Breaking Brown on social media. She has put up a post, okay about Mike Johnson, who just got selected on Wednesday as the House Speaker in the United States Congress. And Yvette's got something to say about that, okay? She says on social media, Ladies and gentlemen, your new GOP House Speaker for the people among us who reflexively react to the benign neglect of Democrats by favoring Republicans jumping from the pan to the deep fryer those are her words then she's got a link to a mike johnson committee meeting from a few years back where he is addressing reparations and he doesn't say very good things about reparations or how it could be equitable across the nation if it indeed were enacted So she's got a link to that. You can go to her website, or or rather her ex account, at Breaking Brown, and see that Mike Johnson testimony in Congress for yourself. But that comes from this lady, as she has also put on that website, President Biden must direct Congress to propose and deliver to his desk a federally-led and administered reparations package that identifies a definite start date with no fixed end date. They want to have $20 trillion go to the descendants of slavery as part of reparations. Okay, save up, y'all. Looks like this lady's going to do what she can to get reparations going. And you can go to the website for her organization, adosfoundation.org, and learn more. I'm sure you're rushing to that spot right now. And also in our... Hashtag Hullabaloo today, we have a text coming in, coming in from D-Valley. D-Valley shows a image of a gigantic snake on a toilet, and the image of something like, hey, you wouldn't want to find that early in the morning when you wake up. Heck no, you wouldn't want to find any time of day at D-Valley 17, and D-Valley 17 adds to the little emoji, put my tennis shoes on, if if, if she found this in her bathroom quote put my tennis shoes on gently grab that thing by the neck lock on them put it in a container and call animal control hashtag southern uh that is a very good plan if you see this kind of massive python in your bathroom in the early morning hours i hope that thing's a fake please tell me so i won't be able to sleep tonight that wraps up hour one we'll be back with more after this timeout. And a pleasant second hour of the Y'all Show to all y'all. John Rawl, the General of All Things Southern, welcoming you back into our little program about the Southeast. In this hour, we've got headlines. We'll tell you the latest out of Maine after a tragedy Wednesday night where a mass shooter has killed at least 16 people in that New England state. We'll tell you what we know. And how this shooter is still on the loose. Hopefully the law enforcement officials of Maine will be able to bring him in very, very soon as people are definitely on edge in the state of Maine today. We have that info coming as well as other headlines across the southeast. More on the appointment of Mike Johnson as he has been selected by Republicans to be the House Speaker as he... Thanks to Republicans, by the way, only Republicans, he got 220 votes on Wednesday. That was enough to get him across the threshold to become the 56th U.S. House Speaker. And we'll tell you more about how he's going to govern and more in our headlines across the Southeast today. But We also have other information that we'll be passing on to you here on this Thursday Y'all Show. We will be telling you as part of our headlines today. About deer, as a very rare white deer has been spotted in East Tennessee, I'll let you know what to, what to do if you come across white Bambi, although I believe it was a buck. I've seen the photo. It's got a couple of horns, so I, I guess that makes it a buck, <laughs> but a beautiful creature. Also, some colleges across the southeast with some news-making stories today. A Maryland college has received a $54 million donation impressive numbers for a small college. Also, we will be saluting Memphis's own Rhodes College as they're celebrating this week their 175th birthday. Congratulations to this historic school in the city of Memphis which actually got going in Clarksville, Tennessee back before the Civil War. So some college talk coming your way plus more political talk as Mark Walker, a former congressman in North Carolina, has decided to stop running for governor of North Carolina, and instead he's going to try to get his old congressional seat back. We'll fill you in on that information as our news headlines continue for this Thursday, Hour 2. Also in this second hour of today's Y'all Show, we've got our entertainment news, and we want to congratulate John Party. He is not a native Southerner, but he got here as quick as he has been able to, and guess what? John Party Oh, he's got some great songs. We'll have to play one of the John Party songs coming back from the break. What an honor for him. I'll tell you all about it. And Garth Brooks is the man behind the honor. So we'll tell you about that country music news. Lainey Wilson. I gave you all a little tease earlier in the week. I ran out of time, frankly. But she has just announced her 2024 tour. And it is all over the place. And I'm going to walk through with a little bit more time today. I'm going to walk through some of the great southern destinations that you can find Lainey Wilson as she's going to have her own headlining tour in 2024 that's coming up in our entertainment news and then outside of country I've got some I guess you would call it rap news to tell you about it's about little Wayne little Wayne and pickleball what the heck is that all about well stay tuned We'll give you that information as part of our entertainment report. And before this hour is up, we're going to tell you how you can get Halloween food and candy absolutely free. So stick around for that great information. Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Apple iTunes are all ways you can find the Y'all Shows podcast. In any of those options, just go there and search Y'all Show. And you should, you should be able to see our beautiful logo staring right at you in the face and you just hit the button, and you'll be set to listen to our program. We love, for those of you who catch us on the radio each and every day, that's awesome, awesome to hear, but we know that some of you might end up having to get on a telephone call, you might have to take a kid to school, you might have to go to work, and you may not be able to listen to all of the program. So, for those of you who our wonderful radio listeners, this is a good thing to know that you can go back on your own time and listen to the y'all show. But if you are a regular subscriber to our podcast options, all free of charge, by the way, thank you for finding us on those various podcast platforms. And we can also be found FYI at the South's homepage, y'all.com. Just go there and search for a little red tab that says y'all show, and you'll see all of our episodes. Plus, we want to invite you to be a participant in the Y'all show. And you can find the Y'all show as we are on a text line that you can text in if you would like to do that. We would love to hear your feedback. Our text number, 615-208-4184. You can also email us anytime at M-A-I-L Mail at Y A-L-L dot com. Mail at y'all.com. Love to hear from you here on the show, all about the Southeast. Picking up our headlines across Dixie today, President Joe Biden has just ordered the lowering of flags around the country as a memorial to the at least 16 people who have been killed overnight in the state of Maine in a mass shooting, as a man with military training has gone in and killed many people at a bowling alley, as well as at a restaurant there in Maine, and a a real tragedy On Wednesday night, a night where people in Lewiston, Maine, were out having a good time at a restaurant, having a good time at a bowling alley, and this man, 40-year-old Robert Card, is the person identified as the shooter, the man of interest, and he has gone in, it looks like, and mowed down innocent people. Dozens more have been wounded, many critically And just a a terrible, terrible thing, right? When we have been immune, I won't say immune. I don't remember having a mass shooting story, at least in the last two weeks. You know, that's a sad thing to admit. I think it's been at least two weeks since we've had a mass shooting. I'm not sure exactly when the last one was, but there are, there have been many already this year and Robert Card was a firearms instructor plus he was in the army reserves so he had military training he knew what he was doing with guns and unfortunately on wednesday he went in in lewiston maine and it appears this man has killed more than a dozen people our thoughts with that community and as mentioned this is not our first mass shooting of the year and it will likely not be our last mass shooting of the year. And I'm all for, personally, I'm all for the Second Amendment. It's a great thing. But why do people go kill people like this? I mean, to protect yourself, you don't have to have the ability to kill 16 people. This was an offensive thing. This was this man who certifiably was having mental issues. That's already been reported. And how he got his hands on a gun, we've got a lot of guns out there, y'all. In a state like Maine, there are a large percentage of the residents of that state that have guns. They they are not the most strict state in the country. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But this guy goes and kills all these people. And, you know, this is a state, by the way, Maine, in 2022 during the entire year they had 29 homicides in the entire state 29 homicides and today they've got at least 16 people who've lost their lives in this one one outbreak of violence the governor of the state Janet Mills has released a statement echoing for people to shelter in place because the shooter's still on the on the loose. And Governor Biden, or rather, President Biden has told the governor that there will be full federal support in the wake of this horrific attack. But a very, very tough day in Lewiston, Maine, which is the second largest city in that state with a population of 37,000. 37,000 people live in that state, or in that city, in the second largest city in the state of. Maine. This was the 36th mass killing in the United States this year. 36th mass killing. Just an unfortunate thing to report on, and our thoughts go with the state of Maine today. Wednesday on Capitol Hill, Mike Johnson of Shreveport, Louisiana, was voted on and was selected as the House Speaker. Congratulations to this congressman. He was first elected to Congress back in 2016. And he is a 51-year-old lawyer that has been serving as a congressman all these years. Relatively unknown. I like following politics. If you would have put him in a lineup, I would have been able to look at him and say, yeah, that guy looks familiar. I would not have been able to tell you his name. He's kind of been in the background, in the shadows. But you know what? He's a solid conservative, it looks like, and that's a good thing. Mike Johnson, a Southerner, back on top as the House Speaker, and I guess he may be the first House Speaker from the South since Newt Gingrich, and Newt Gingrich was actually a Yankee. Yes, I know he represented Georgia, but Gingrich was not really southerner by the grace of god now i guess he was a southerner by the grace of god but he was really a born and bred yankee (laughs) and he might as well go back to being a yankee based on some of his thought on a lot of stuff out there these days uh and i don't even know if he's living in georgia you know his wife was the ambassador to the vatican and i know he was in rome for a while uh yeah And, and and i I'd have to go back. Let's 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 do a little deep dive if you don't mind because this is important stuff here. House speakers. Mike Johnson is the 56th House speaker. So let's see what we can find out here. Speaker of the House of Representatives. Mike Johnson. Mr. Speaker. Let's find the breakdown of all of the uh, past speakers of the uh, United States House because they're... Have been, you know you would think there were there would be a lot more we are now on our 46th president but 56 house speakers is what we've come up with and uh you know normally i can find the breakdown that's got all of the ones picked sam rayburn would have been a southerner sam rayburn would have been a house speaker back in uh, uh he was the 43rd house speaker he was a texan he represented texas's fourth congressional district from 1913 to 1961 sam rayburn so i don't have the whole breakdown of all the other house speakers at this point but we got a, a guy that actually used the word y'all in his right there in some of the early st- moments of his Speakership, Mike Johnson threw the word "y'all" out there, so Nancy Pelosi would never have done that. Kevin McCarthy would probably have never done such a thing, but good old Louisiana boy Mike Johnson sure did it. So that's good enough for me, y'all. Elsewhere in our news headlines across the southeast today, NOAA is releasing its winter outlook, and for some of you out there, you better be. running down and getting a couple of blankets at the local hardware store or wherever you get blankets these days because the south is going to get some cool temperatures over the next few months as an an enhanced southern jet stream is going to carry moisture from the Pacific Ocean as part of this El Nino event. And according to one report, For the south, or at least certain sections of the south, expect snowfall across some of the south with an average of 1.6 inches and 29 days of below freezing temperatures expected in certain or most sections of the south. You, You can go to NOAA and read more about all these forecasts. But uh, maybe a little cooler temperatures and more wintry weather. I would say from Tennessee north, really, that's what it looks like. Tennessee north is going to be a little bit cooler than expected, and then all of the Gulf South states and the eastern seaboard, temperatures might be a little bit wetter and and a little bit warmer than in past years but overall i would say not tremendously too much different nothing too extraordinary going on let's take you to nashville tennessee's attorney general says the federal government is wrongly withholding millions of dollars in family planning funds after tennessee refused to comply with federal rules requiring clinics to provide abortion referrals because of the current ban on abortion. Jonathan Skirmati is Tennessee's Attorney General, and he's now filed a complaint in the U.S. District Court in Knoxville seeking to overturn the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services decision. In a statement, Skirmati said that we are suing to stop the federal government from paying or from playing politics with the health of Tennessee women. Our lawsuit is necessary to ensure that Tennessee can continue its 50-year track record of successfully providing these public health services to its neediest population. A spokesperson with Health and Human Services said the department does not comment on pending litigation. Under the latest rule, clinics cannot use federal family planning money to pay for abortions, but they must offer information about abortion at the patient's request. All this coming after Roe v. Wade overturned. A political story out of the state of North Carolina today. Mark Walker was running for governor, and now he's decided to bow out of that race. The former Baptist pastor from Greensboro has now launched a bid instead of for governor. He's going to be running to reclaim his old office of being a congressman from that portion of North Carolina as he had represented that congressional district in Washington, D.C. for six years. He held the seat until a redistricting cycle opened the door for a Democrat, Kathy Manning, to take over for his area. And he said that he didn't really leave voluntarily. And the North Carolina General Assembly has now gone in and changed the lines to where he could win because it's a more right district a red district and he feels like he can win his old congressional seat back so mark walker out of greensboro deciding to stay out of running for governor and instead go back for his old job of u.s congressman elsewhere in our headlines today some higher education news small college out of frederick maryland hood college an independent liberal arts college located in the state of Maryland. Hood just received a $54 million donation from the Hodson Trust, the largest donation in Hood College's history. Congratulations. This is a great gift as the Hodson Trust focuses their efforts on increasing accessibility and affordability for higher education. And there are lots of students that go to this college that are in need as this new large and new endowment will be used exclusively for student scholarships, according to a release from the university college president, Andrea Shepdeline told a Maryland TV station that the trust was founded by Colonel Clarence Hodson in the late 1800s and has been donating money to colleges in Maryland since the early 1900s. A huge gift for This private liberal arts college in Frederick Hood College, $54 coming your way. Congratulations. We want to wish Rhodes College all the best. Rhodes College is based in Memphis, and they're celebrating right now their 175th birthday. And this is a college that has produced Bronze Star medals. They've produced generals, Pulitzer Prize-winning authors, and... There is a United States Supreme Court justice right now on the bench who is a Rhodes College alumnae, and that would be Amy Barrett. But, yes, Rhodes College in Memphis, celebrating 175 years. Congratulations. A little bit more about Rhodes. It got its start as the all-male Montgomery Academy in Clarksville, Tennessee, back in the mid-1830s. That's where its origins can be traced. And ultimately, in 1848, the Tennessee General Assembly authorized the Academy's property for the establishment of the Masonic University of Tennessee. Good old (laughs) M-U-T. But then the university got passed over to the Presbyterian Church and renamed Stewart College. And then the Civil War came, and a lot of things made College is not really that all that important at the time. And after the Civil War, Stewart College would be renamed Southwestern Presbyterian University. And ultimately, the school would relocate to Memphis. And it would be renamed Rhodes College. And that's what it, it's been called now, I think, for about 50 years, Rhodes College in Memphis. And it has a very good academic reputation and has a very beautiful location in the city of Memphis. There's the Mike Curb Institute for Music. Mike Curb, the former lieutenant governor of California, who has a big presence in Nashville, but he's got his Institute for Music at Rhodes in Memphis. Also, Elvis has a connection to Rhodes. As the Audubon sessions an evening at Elvis's is something kind of neat about this. Elvis's first home, a four bedroom ranch house on Audubon Drive in Memphis, is right there in the Rhodes area. And it's owned by Rhodes College today. It's home of the school's student produced concert series. The Audubon Sessions can be, I guess, heard there. So that's a pretty cool connection that Rhodes has. And the Lynx is their athletic mascot if you follow. Division Two sports. You might have heard of the Rhodes Lynx. As far as some of their famous alumni, they've had a chancellor at the University of Mississippi be a Rhodes alumni. Alfred Hume. Also, they've had, as I said, a Supreme Court Justice, Amy Barrett. Amy went to school there in the 1990s, class of 1994. Went on to be go to law school at Notre Dame, and there she got appointed during the Trump administration as a Supreme Court justice. And then they also have a bunch of people there that have gone on to be prominent lawyers in the uh, Rhodes College alumni basis. They also have had Tennessee Williams, I believe, has a connection to Rhodes, the famous writer. So it's a very prominent school in the southeast, and as we this week honor Rhodes' 175th birthday, I raise a glass to you, Rhodes, and the long history that you've had starting out in Clarksville and making your way to the Bluff City. Go Links. Okay, elsewhere in our headlines today, want to let you know that the UAW, it appears, has reached some kind of agreement with Ford. The details are still forthcoming, but auto workers reaching a deal with Ford, and it's going to hopefully lead to the end of a strike against Ford. It could let, it end up it could end up ending UAW's strike they've got right now with the other automakers, General Motors and Jeep maker Stellantis. A four-year deal uh, uh, that has been proposed. It still has to be approved by 57,000 UAW members. But a nearly six-week-old strike against Detroit automakers might be coming to an end. We'll, We'll find out how the union votes. But a deal, at least tentative deal, reached with Ford between Ford and the UAW. We'll keep you posted on the details of that. And that wraps up our news headlines for the second hour. When we come back, we've got entertainment news. How about some John Party information? Also, we'll tell you about Lil Wayne. He's in the news. That plus before the hour is up, we're going to tell you how you can get some free Halloween food and candy. All righty. More of the y'all show coming up.
1: Her hands wrapped up in mine Tears rolling out of her eyes No messing with the made-up mind Sun setting on goodbye Yeah, it's hard to believe It wasn't me trying to leave this town It ain't always a cowboy that ain't got a lot of hang around Ain't got no set of days So what they do? That restless running, searching for something, leaving love in the dust of a midnight Chevrolet.
0: It ain't always the cowboy that rides away. You know, I, I didn't grow up anywhere near a cow. I probably didn't live within five miles of a cow, actually, now that I think about it. But thanks to John Party and a song like that about how gone's just what they do. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like a cowboy. Yeehaw! He's a
1: cowboy that ain't got a lot of hang around. Ain't got no settle down in their boots. Gone's just what they do. In the dust of a midnight Chevrolet. It ain't always the
0: rides away. And congratulations to John Party as Garth Brooks proposed the big question to him. Garth helped bring in John Party into the family of the grand Ole Opry with The Induction of Party. Kudos to this great singer of hits like that one right there. Tuesday night, the Grand Ole Opry welcomed in John Party as its newest newest member. John said, it's cool to have two of your heroes kind of make it happen. From Alan Jackson to Garth Brooks. And I always think about what my eight-year-old self would think about that. But how about that? The newest member of the Grand Ole Opry, John Party truly the the elite of country music is to be a part of that and uh, pretty cool to have garth brooks on board to, to welcome you in with songs like last night lonely and dirt on my boots heartache medication and more he's one heck of a a performer and i love the fact that john party's style of country music is pretty darn conservative he's good country music All right, Grandalop. remember Darius Rucker also in the news, and it's because he's a good person. You know, Darius Rucker, Mr. Hootie himself, the Gamecock alumnus, has just been awarded by the Country Music Association for his humanitarian work. He just picked up the CMA Foundation's Humanitarian Award, and on Monday, Darius was surprised with the award when he was a guest on the Kelly Clarkson Show. The CMA Humanitarian Award, it recognizes a person who has served as a humanitarian through community leadership, financial support, personal volunteerism, and advocacy. And Darius Rucker has done all of those things. He's done it through a variety of of efforts. Rucker co-chaired a capital campaign that generated $150 million to help build the new Medical University of South Carolina's Sean Jenkins Children's Hospital in Charleston. So there's a beautiful new effort there in the Holy City with the effort $150 million that Darius helped bring in at MUSC. And then he's helped out the low country of South Carolina in a variety of ways. And he's putting the effort into helping others. He also, in South Carolina, for many years now, Darius has held his Monday after the Masters charity golf event in Myrtle Beach. And because of that, it's generated millions of dollars for children's educational programs and the South Carolina Junior Golf Program. Darius Rucker. Now, Darius, since you're such a humanitarian, do me a a little bit of a favor, a personal favor for me. So... Uh, i I don't want to get too (laughs) okay so he has this monday after the masters golf tournament every year just after the masters golf tournament is held in augusta right on the south carolina border by the way and some three hours away on that monday after the masters he has this big event and he also has college golfers come out to that thing he will not let clemson participate in his Monday after the Masters deal. Now, I know South Carolina and Clemson are rivals, but Clemson's a very good golf program, men and women's. And come on, man. Be the bigger guy here, Mr. Humanitarian. Let the rival come out to that at least once every few years. But he's got a ban on Clemson. And I don't like Clemson, but they're pretty good at golf. And I know so because on the women's side, my niece helped them win the ACC title for the first time this past year. And that's how I found out about how Clemson was banned. <laughs> so come on, uh, be the bigger gamecock here, sir, and, uh, and open it up to uh, all of South Carolina's colleges. And, and even, I mean, he has colleges from all over the country represented with this Monday after the Master SEC. I think I saw it on the uh, golf channel this past year. I think it was that tournament, but uh, Darius Rucker, who's a heck of a golfer himself, Mr. Hootie of Hootie and the Bluefish, being recognized for his great humanitarian efforts in all of the country right now. Lainey Wilson is a great lady. I I can't give her the humanitarian award quite yet, but I'll tell you what, she's winning an award for working her fanny off, and she would probably tell you her fanny's kind of big. But, uh, you know, some of us like big fannies, and I cannot lie. Lainey Wilson has just announced her 2024 tour that she's going to be headlining. As she has put out a statement says, Nothing gets me buzzing like putting on a show and singing along with the crowd. And she's put out the tour dates for Country's Cool Again Tour, which makes its debut in Nashville at Ascend Amphitheater on May 31st. Again, she's headlining this thing again. The ticket presale starts Monday, so go ahead and get your tickets now for a bunch of events. Now, let me tell you about some of the southern stops on Lainey Wilson's Country's Cool Again Tour. Nashville, May 31st. She'll be performing in Huntsville at the Orion Amphitheater on August the 6th. She'll be in South Haven, Mississippi at the Bank Plus Amphitheater at Snowden Grove on August 9th of next year. Rogers, Arkansas, she'll be there August 10th. Then she'll be out west, and she will be, let's see, come on, Laney, come back to the south. She'll be in Lubbock on October 10th, Raleigh, North Carolina, On the 18th of October at the Red Hat Amphitheater. Alpharetta, Georgia at the Ameris Bank Amphitheater on the 19th of October. Wilmington, she'll be there in North Carolina at the Live Oak Bank Pavilion on October 20th. And then she'll be in Little Rock at the Simmons Bank Arena November 1st. That might be the biggest uh, concert arena that she's going to be in in the South, it looks like. Charleston, West Virginia at the Coliseum there on the 9th of November. Oklahoma City at Paycom Center on the 7th of November. Then she'll wrap up her tour in her home corner of the state of Louisiana, and she'll be back at her alma mater, the University of Louisiana Monroe, with an event there November 15th. This is when her concert winds up in Louisiana. Lainey Wilson, she's going to be busy, and between all of those dates that I was telling you, she's going to be in other parts of the U.S. and or Canada. So she will be working hard, on country's cool again and she's going to have some people join her as she's out singing songs like watermelon moonshine and and more so check it out laney wilson and looks like she's going to be performing with jackson dean and i I don't don't recognize these people on their hashtag so sorry laney little wayne let's tell you some non-country news little wayne who is a native of the state of Louisiana, born in New Orleans back in 1982. Born Dwayne Michael Carter Jr., also known as Lil Wayne, rapper, singer, songwriter, one of the most influential hip-hop artists of his generation. Lil Wayne in the news today, not for making music, not for all the other things that you might see him doing, but he's now joining a Major League Pickleball team as an investor and as an advisor. Lil Wayne, the Grammy Award-winning rapper, joining up with the Texas Ranchers Pickleball team as a owner and strategic advisor. As he put out in a statement, Lil Wayne said, Pickleball is the moment, and I'm excited to be part of the Texas Ranchers ownership group. I've enjoyed watching and couldn't pass up the opportunity to join the team of owners. The ranchers, not the Rangers, the Texas ranchers are one of the eight founding major league pickleball teams in America. (laughs) So there you have it. We got uh, a new sport to be tuning in and watching and little Wayne showing up big for this uh, particular franchise. Tara Lipinski news. The Olympic gold medalist has welcomed her first child via surrogate. With her husband Todd Capastacy, looks like his last name, not uh, totally sure how to pronounce that, but they got a new baby girl. She broke the news Wednesday on Instagram saying, meet Georgia Winter. Congratulations to Lipinski who grew up part of her life in the state of Texas. And she won gold competing for the United States Olympic team back in the Olympics of the uh, late 90s is when she was participating. She retired from competing in 1998, it looks like. Tara Lipinski, the Pennsylvania native that did grow up in the state of Texas some of her life as she was around the, I think she was around the Houston area is where she grew up. But now a mommy. Congratulations. Congratulations. And that is a look at some of our entertainment stories of the day here covering the South in a way that only y'all can do it. It's the Y'all Show, from Little Wayne to Lainey Wilson. Got you covered. When we come back, we're going to tell you how, with Halloween fast approaching, you can get some free food, some free food and some maybe some free candy. I've got the story thanks to delish.com. That story and that info right around the corner as we wrap up our 2.
1: Sawmill. Talk about a poor boy, talk about a poor boy. Never saw a dollar bill. Well, my work was so hard at the sawmill. Think about a poor boy, think about a poor boy. When you go to ride, you will. We'll see my tear drops falling down. I've left this sawmill town She said sawmill life had been a sin Cause the baby was too thin I can't work no more at the sawmill
0: Mercy on a poor boy, mercy oh, on a oh, poor Oh man, it's boy. heck being a poor boy, Mel, tell us Wrapping up this hour of the Y'all Show with an article from Delish.com. All of the Halloween freebies you can score this year, just a few days away from that event. And at 7-Eleven, between October 30 and 31st, seven rewards and speedy rewards members at 7-Eleven get a free large pizza with a purchase of any large pizza. That's a pretty neat thing. At Chipotle, the burrito or burrito is back for Halloween, rewards members can use the code BOORITO when ordering digitally for a $6 entree anytime after 3 p.m. Check that out. IHOP. Between now and October 31st, kids 12 and under get a free scary face pancake with the purchase of any adult entree. How about Krispy Kreme? Hey, at Krispy Kreme on October 31st, you can try the new Scooby-Doo Halloween Dozen. Yum Yummy. Other great rewards, check it out at delish.com. That wraps up this hour of the Y'all Show. More coming up. Final hour of the Y'all Show. You can reach us here via text 615-208-4184. You can email us 24 hours a day, mail, mail at y'all.com. The general of all things Southern. That would be me, John Rawl. Good to have you back here for our last hour of Thursday's programming. Got a very good hour lined up. We're going to tell you about some festivals going on across the Southeast This weekend, if you want to celebrate sweet potatoes, I've just got the spot to go to. If you want to have a whole bunch of beer, well, I got a nice spot in West Tennessee to send you to this weekend. If you want to enjoy crab cakes, crab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does. Well, guess what? In Maryland this weekend, there'll be the Maryland Crab Cake Fest. I'll tell you what town is hosting that, plus... There will be a Scottish festival going on, it, ladies. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not very good at the Scottish accent. I guess that's kind of more like how they talk it in Scotland. Uh, Scotland, Scotland, they got the Scottish festival going down in Arkansas this weekend. and then We'll tell you about that in our festivals, what we call Festive South. Could I kick into the southern accent again? Thank you very much. Uh, we got all that coming up in just a few minutes in this final hour of the y'all show. And before we get out of here today, we will, uh, kind of walk through what's up at y'all.com. Got some great stories there. And I'm working on a story right now that will be posted later today. What is this story all about? It is a story called how to fight depression naturally. (laughs) So I haven't even read it. The author sent it to me, and i got to post it here when I get off the show here in a few minutes. But uh, How to Fight Depression Naturally is a story that will be posted later today, so you'll be able to maybe read it before I do when we get it posted at y'all.com later. All that right here on the show that shakes the Southland, it's all right here as part of the website, y'all.com, that keeps it Southern. If you are part of the Southern Club we are your show. Thank you for coming on with our free membership program <laughs> that we call The Y'all Show. Thank you. And y'all.com, too. Don't want to leave them out. Let's dive into our headlines across the southeast today and an update, sadly, from the state of Maine. The number of people killed has risen. We have been telling you today that at least 16 people that run, according to the governor of Maine, 18 people killed, 13 injured in this shooting at a bowling alley where seven people were shot there. Seven of the uh, 18 killed at the bowling alley, and I think I saw eight were from the restaurant, and then there were a few other places where people were killed in this terrible shooting from Wednesday night in Lewiston, Maine, the second largest city in the state of Maine, and a armed gunman. 40-year-old Robert Card has gone in and killed people in this what would be normally a quiet Maine, New England town. And 18 people have now lost their lives. And a massive search underway to find Card. His car has been found. But officials continue to search for him. And he had actually been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks in the summer, back in the summer of this year and somehow this man who has had service in our military was in the Maine National Guard went in on a shooting spree and shot up the spare time recreation bowling alley as well as Schmengi's bar and grill and a uh, just unfortunate wednesday evening this happened right around 7 p.m. eastern time When the shooting started and a real unfortunate incident in the state of Maine, the governor, Janet Mills, released a statement where people are supposed to be sheltering governor, governor asking for cooperation, the federal government and Joe Biden, who spoke by phone to governor Mills has offered full federal support in the wake of this horrific attack that in a White House statement, the words to Governor Janet Mills of the state of Maine, Maine in 2022 had 29 homicides in the entire state. And just in one evening, 18 people at least have been killed in this mass shooting Wednesday. Maine does not require permits to carry guns, and the state has a long-standing culture of gun ownership that is tied to its traditions of hunting and sports shooting. So I don't think that has anything to do with why a person who obviously has mental problems goes in and and does what he does with a a mass shooting incident and that's what we had. This was the 30 I think it's 36th mass shooting this year according to Northeastern University. Our thoughts with the New England community in Maine with this terrible tragedy 18 people now killed, 13 more injured, according to the latest reports out of Maine today. On Capitol Hill Wednesday, Shreveport, Louisiana's Mike Johnson, selected as U.S. House Speaker, had a unanimous vote on the Republican side, 220 voted for him. All Democrats voted for Hakeem Jeffries. In the end, the 220 and that unanimous support, enough to get Johnson the speakership, the 51-year-old lawyer will now try to lead the country from the congressional side and a lot of pressure on him. There's only a handful of weeks before Congress needs to act on a potential government shutdown and to avoid a government shutdown. He's got that going on. He's got to lead Congress in terms of what to do with Funding a Ukraine war, what to do with funding the Israel-Hamas war that's going on. Also helping allies like Taiwan try to avoid them from being taken over by China. An important job. And now a Southerner, Mike Johnson, has the reins of Congress as House Speaker. Congratulations, sir. Other headlines of the day to tell you about here on the Y'all Show want to let you know about how the Attorney General of Tennessee is now suing the federal government over an abortion rule that is blocking funding for the volunteer state. The Tennessee Attorney General is Jonathan Skirmetti, and he has filed a complaint in the U.S. District Court in Knoxville, and he's seeking to overturn the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services decision, a decision that requires Clinics to provide abortion referrals due to the current ban on abortions in states like Tennessee. Scremetti, in a statement, said that we are suing to stop the federal government from playing politics with the health of Tennessee women. Our lawsuit is necessary to ensure that Tennessee can continue its 50 year record of successfully providing these public health services to its neediest populations. No response from an HHS spokesperson on this matter. Earlier in 2023, the state of Tennessee was disqualified from receiving millions of federal dollars offered through a family planning program known as Title 10, as the volunteer state has been a recipient of the program since it was launched back in 1970, and it recently collected around $7.1 million annually to help nearly 100 Clinics provide birth control and basic health care services, mainly to low-income women, many from minority communities. But now the program has become entangled with the increasingly heated fight over abortion access and Tennessee's Attorney General Scrimetti fighting hard against the federal government. We'll find out if he's successful in his effort there with the filing in east tennessee this week more tennessee stories the twra the tennessee wildlife resources agency they are out commenting on the multiple sightings of a white buck that's been spotted around the tri-cities in east tennessee and this white buck is not native yes we're talking about a deer Okay, a white deer, an all white deer spotted in several East Tennessee communities in Northeastern Tennessee, the Tri Cities area. And TWRA is coming out saying they don't believe it's native to the area. Multiple people in the area, in towns like Johnson City and Jonesboro, have been able to take pictures and videos of this white deer. It was even seen near I 26 crossing the road there i hope it doesn't get hit please 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 it's a beautiful if you have a chance to go to wate.com they got some photos of this white deer as it's been roaming around east tennessee for a few days this is considered an albano fallow deer from a captive herd according to twra and the fallow deer differ from tennessee's white-tailed deer as they're not native to North America, and they generally have shorter and stockier builds than white-tailed deer. Adult fallow deer also have white spots on each side, along with a black line down their backs. Where only white-tailed fawns have spots, they have spots and do not have the black line down their backs. So please be advised if you're in East Tennessee to watch out for this white fallow buck they do have antlers and their antlers are distinctly flattened or palmated compared to the white-tailed antlers which are much more narrow and more vertical so that is some deer news to pass along a white deer running around east tennessee and by the way these deer aren't native but i will tell you there are white Albino white-tailed deer. So you got the native Tennessee type deer, is the white-tailed deer, and they do have albino white-tailed deer. They are protected by state law, so don't shoot a white-tailed deer that's white, a, a white white-tailed deer. No, 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 don't hold hold the trigger, y'all. So that's some deer talk here. Let me tell you about broadcast Bonnie. I work with her, and she was telling me earlier this week that her family member had just got back from Maryland where they went there to specifically hunt, and I hope I'm getting the pronunciation of this right, sika deer, or sika deer, or saka deer. I, I don't know how you pronounce it. This type of deer, also commonly known as the northern spotted deer or the Japanese deer. So this is a species of deer not native to even America. This is a deer that comes to us from Asia as they're typically found in Vietnam all the way up to the Russian Far East and they're found in Japan as well. This type of deer is pretty massive in my, in, in my estimation of their size. And in Asia, they are overabundant and have large numbers just kind of how we have a large number of whitetail deer across the southeast so this sika deer it looks like are being exported to other areas of the world and they can now be found outside of asia and it looks like that this this deer this japanese deer if you will is now being exported and available in certain areas of america and i don't think they're here in great numbers but they are out in states like texas and it looks like maryland has a herd of this deer that hunters can go in and, and and try to kill because that's what broadcast bonnie's family member was trying to do i don't know if they were successful or not but this type of deer looks a lot different than a white-tailed deer i mean it still looks like a deer but it's very different looking okay so if you've run across a deer that looks very strange in some of our southern states don't think that you've been drinking okay there's a dang good chance that you have just spotted this japanese deer that has been brought in i guess for hunters as it's been introduced into states like Maryland also i said Texas you can find this deer in Virginia Oklahoma and several midwestern states like Michigan and Pennsylvania even has this state uh, has this type of deer brought out and and brought in so be uh, be advised be advised as they must make for a good a good hunt the sicka deer sicka deer sickum deer that's what i'm going to call it and uh check it out all you hunters there you have it some deer talk to wrap up our news headlines for this thursday when we come back we're going to go to the festivals of the southeast it's our festive south feature we will tell you Some great events going on across the southeast this very weekend. The perfect weekend before Halloween to go catch a great fall festival, y'all. We'll have that information. We'll tell you about drinking beer this weekend in Jackson, Tennessee. We'll tell you about how you can go to Arkansas and get your Scottish kilt on. Yes, you could do that this weekend. Also in our headlines today... We'll tell you how you can have crab cakes in Maryland and so many other cool things to do across the Southeast this weekend with our great festivals. That's right ahead on y'all, powered by you the South's homepage. Hang on. Music.
1: Charlie Madrid, so loves to take a lamb I'll tell you over rubber boat you over the sea then come He's wants to let it to the king the last part July To see if he would accept a hem if he's jovial company Oh no no son the king this thing can never be but I fear you are a rumble, rumble on the sea. He has bones a bunny ship and set up on the sea. With more and twenty miles to God was bunny ship way
0: I'm not really sure what that fellow's singing about, but hey, we're glad that you're singing along. <laughs> we're the y'all show and uh, uh you know I get a little emotional when I hear Scottish music being played. The uh, traditional form, at least. We're back on the Y'all Show, wrapping up kind of this final hour of our Southern conversation, and a little Scottish music being played because if you head to Batesville, Arkansas, at Lyon College this weekend, it's the Arkansas Scottish Festival. All right, all right, you. All right, that's going on this weekend. It is one of 16 festivals that I'm about to tell you all about as you wrap up the month of October. we got some great events going on across the entire southeast this weekend. So get your kilt out of the attic and head over to Batesville, Arkansas for a weekend of Scottish fun, the Arkansas Scottish Festival. Glad to tell you about it here on the Y'all Show. In North Carolina, in Cary, is where you could head this weekend. At the Coca Booth Amphitheater on Regency Parkway in Cary, right around Raleigh is where this is located. This weekend, it is the North Carolina Wine Festival. Mm -mm. I'd hate to have to clean up that place. (laughs) I'd hate to have to kick all the people out of there. Hey, y'all got to go home. The North Carolina Wine Festival going down this weekend. This weekend in the state of Maryland, it is the Maryland Crab Cake Festival, and that's going on at the Carroll County Farm Museum in Westminster, Maryland. Westminster is just to the north of Baltimore. If you drew a line between Baltimore and Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, Westminster would be right there as it's on this state line. The I guess that would be the Mason-Dixon line as Westminster is in northern Maryland. The seat of Carroll County, Maryland, is Westminster. Population, 19,960. Salute, Westminster, Maryland. And this weekend, this place at the Carroll County Farm Museum will be hosting Maryland Crab Cake Festival 2023. As we know from Wedding Crashers, Crab Cakes and Football that's what Maryland does. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess the Terrapins football team must be pretty good. You know, they got Tua Tagvalova's little brother as, as the uh, starting QB for that college football program. They don't ask me about Towson and Bowie and whoever else plays football in the state of Maryland. The Ravens actually play football in Maryland on the NFL side And they got beat the other day by somebody they should have beat. I forgot who it was, but uh, Ravens aren't exactly blowing it up this year. But overall, Baltimore Ravens are a darn good NFL franchise, from what I know. This weekend in Kerrville, Texas, it's the Texas Fleece and Fiber Festival going on Friday through Sunday. Kerrville, get your fill of fleece and fiber. Something tells me you can go there and be a little sheepish. But I could be wrong. Okay? That's going on this weekend there. Tocoa, Georgia, Northeast Georgia, Tacoa right on the South Carolina border. It's the Tocoa Harvest Festival going on Sunday. The Harvest Festival is specifically on Sunday, and that's right there, not all that far from Clemson, South Carolina is Tacoa Georgia. Westminster is also on the other side of the what would be the Savannah River and What's the, some of the other communities that you'll find? Of course, Toccoa, if you are a big Band of Brothers fan like I am, Toccoa is where the guys of the 101st Airborne first did their training. That is where you find Curahee. Currahee Mountain is in Toccoa, Georgia, and right there in that same North Georgia town this weekend. It is the Toccoa Harvest Festival, and you can sit there and enjoy all the – Sights and sounds and scenes of fall, and look up around the corner and look up at Currahee Mountain. I don't know if you want to go running up like uh, Lieutenant Winters would have done back in the day, but you could. If you can, you 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 might can. You know, when you drive on the road there in Topeka, you go right right next to that. You could even see the remains of what would have been an army base back in World War Two. Pretty, pretty revealing, pretty cool, I must say. This weekend in Missouri, you can go to Ozark for the Festival of Frights, and that's at the Ozark Community Center on Jackson Street, the OC, the Ozark Community Center, hosting Festival of Frights Saturday in Ozark, Missouri. All right, so from scary times in Missouri, let's take you to a great time in Ed orgeron's hometown, La Rose, Louisiana, and there this weekend in La Rose on Bayou Lafouche you'll have the French food Festival, and that's starting Friday, going all the way till Monday at the La Rose Regional Park and Civic Center, French Food Festival. I wonder if crawfish are considered French food. I'm not sure. But uh, I bet you they'll have some French food, and and they'll uh, they'll have some crawfish in that French food celebration in La Rose, and that's going on this weekend. Not food, but trees will be celebrated in Perry, Florida this weekend. At the Perry Taylor Chamber of Commerce, there will be on Jefferson Street the Florida Forest Festival in Perry, Florida. So, yes, trees and the lumber industry, a big deal in the state of Florida. And it will be celebrated Saturday in Perry, Florida, with the Florida Forest Festival. In Hamilton, Alabama, northwest Alabama this weekend, get ready for the Butta River Fall Fest at the Hamilton Area Chamber of Commerce. And that's on 1st Street Southwest, right in the middle of Hamilton. In Northwest Alabama, right on Interstate 22 now is where you'll find Hamilton. About uh, eh, a little closer to Tupelo than it is to Birmingham, but it's on the stretch of road that connects Birmingham to Memphis, and Tupelo's on the on that stretch of road, so is Hamilton, Alabama. And this weekend, the Butterhatchie River Fall Fast goes down. Now, more about the Butterhatchie, because I don't want it to be the butt of your joke, okay. The Budahatchee is a tributary of the Tom Bigby River, and it flows for about 125 miles in northwest Alabama and in northeast Mississippi. And, again, it dumps out into the Tom Bigby, ultimately, and it's part of the watershed of the Mobile River, which then flows into the Gulf of Mexico. This river rises in Winston County, which is not where... Hamilton, is. Hamilton, Alabama, is actually the county seat of Marion County in Alabama. And this Budahachie River rises in the town of Delmar, Alabama, and then it flows west through Marion County where you have Hamilton. And then it starts heading over toward Mississippi as it goes southwest through Lamar County and then into Monroe County in Mississippi. That's Amory and Aberdeen is some of the communities of Monroe County, Mississippi. Then it ultimately flows down into Lowndes County and that's Columbus, Georgia, uh, Columbus, Mississippi, rather Columbus, Mississippi's is Lowndes County. And then the Budahatchie joins the Tom Bigby near the Columbus air force base in Mississippi. That's just to the Northwest of Columbus, Mississippi is where that air force base located. Hatchie and the Tom Bigby, they marry there. And then the, uh, Water just keeps on flowing down to the Gulf. By the way, the name Butta is not some kind of offensive term, y'all. The Butta is a Choctaw word for Sumac River. And what is a Sumac? uh, If you don't know what that is, a Sumac is a a shrub or small tree that evidently has been found in this river. It's got uh, lots of leaves on it, little small leaves clustered up there, and the I guess at the time of the early settlers, they heard the Choctaws talking about this river that's got a bunch of small trees, sumacs in it. And that's where the term Buttahatchie comes from. So, some good Choctaw history for you. And our coverage of what's going on in Hamilton, Alabama this weekend it's the Buttahatchie River Fall Fest. And good information about this river in the heart of Dixie. And it also flows into the Magnolia State of Mississippi, too. Don't want to leave them out. Elsewhere in our celebration of festivals across the southeast this weekend, in addition to Alabama Rivers, we also will be celebrating in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. It's the Boots and Bourbon Nashville Songwriter Festival. That's taking place at the Barn at McCall Springs in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Among the Songwriters from Music City making their way to Lawrenceburg, Kentucky this weekend for the Boots and Bourbon Nashville Songwriter Festival. The Warren Brothers will be there. I remember these guys. They were on Epic Records. I guess they would be twins, identical twins, the Warren Brothers, and they had some mild success as solo artists. They've had better success, I think, as songwriters, but they'll be there alongside an artist or songwriter more than artist. Lee Thomas Miller, who is a native Kentuckian. And I'm going to tell you more about them, uh, Lee Thomas, in just a second. But I don't like to be stumped. The Warren Brothers had a couple of songs out, again, as I said, on Epic Records back in the late 1990s. And I'm looking to see which one of these was their best song. I guess Move On got the number 17 on the chart back in the year 2000 move on from the warren brothers that was their highest charting song for this pair of twins that were on the barely famous reality tv series natives of florida the warren brothers they'll be at this boots and bourbon nashville songwriter festival and then you'll also have as i said kentuckian lee thomas miller now Lee Thomas Miller's had a great run as a songwriter, as he's had seven number one songs, songs like Joe Nichols' The Impossible. He also penned I'm Still a Guy and Perfect Storm by Brad Paisley. He wrote You're Gonna Miss This, which is an incredible song from Trace Atkins. Wrote that one. He wrote I Just Wanna Be Mad by Terry Clark, Southern Girl by Tim McGraw, and just... Tremendous success as a songwriter. And a couple of his songs were nominated for Best Country Song at the Grammys. Those songs, you're going to miss this, The Impossible from Joe Nichols, and then In Color, a song he wrote for Jamie Johnson. Those were all nominated. I don't think they won, but what a songwriter In we have in Lee Thomas Miller. He also co-wrote Whiskey and You with Chris Stapleton. And that's on his 2016 album, Traveler. And Lee Thomas Miller, Warren Brothers, and others are all going to be part of Lawrenceburg, Kentucky's Boots & Bourbon Nashville Songwriters Festival. That's Saturday evening at the Barn at McCall Springs in the little community of Lawrenceburg. Not the one in Tennessee this time now. (laughs) Go up to Kentucky if you're down in Tennessee for this great little event taking place this weekend. Elsewhere in our celebrations of what we call Festive South, some fun places for you to consider going this weekend. How about packing the car up and heading out to Oklahoma for the Sorghum Festival? That's taking place in Wewoka, Oklahoma on the Seminole Nation Museum's property on Wewoka Avenue in Wewoka, Oklahoma. And that Sorghum Festival is Saturday. Now, if you haven't brushed up on your sorghum knowledge lately, Sorghum is a grain that's edible and nutritious, and you can eat it raw, and when it's young and milky, you can eat it that way, but it has to be boiled or ground into flour when it's mature, and sorghum, linked by uh, researchers to being something in areas around the world going back thousands of years, in fact, Sudan has archaeological research that shows sorghum was produced there 7,000 years before Christ. Yes, it's been around the world a long time, and they grow it here in the South, too, as it's a common crop around the world used for food, for grain, as well as syrup. And then it can be used, sorghum, for animal fodder, as well as making alcoholic beverage and biofuels. And in Oklahoma this weekend at the Seminole Nation Museum in Wewoka, Oklahoma, it's the Sorghum Festival. Check it out Saturday when sorghum is saluted. Going on this weekend in Jackson, Tennessee, it's the Jackson Brewfest, and that's at the Rockabilly's Ballpark, formerly the ballpark at Jackson, formerly Pringle's Park, just off of Interstate Forty. At a a great place there, they've done a great job with the Rockabilly's renovating the ballpark there, and Jackson Brewfest goes down Saturday afternoon in the uh, West Tennessee's hub city. Of Jackson for the Jackson Brewfest. I wonder if security is going to be there for that. They might want to call Maxcar to keep everybody <laughs> in line there at the uh, Jackson Brewfest at the Rockabilly's Ballpark in Jackson, Tennessee this weekend. Going on in Ferrum, Virginia, it's the 50th Blue Ridge Like Festival that is going on at the Blue Ridge Institute and Museum in Ferrum. And I had to look up Ferrum on the map. I had not actually located where it was on the map. I had heard of Ferrum because Ferrum is the home of Ferrum College, small college there in that section of southwest Virginia. So on a map, it's southwestern Virginia, but it's not quite down by Bristol. It's more over toward North Carolina, but up from the North Carolina border in the mountains. I mean, this is a very mountainous area of the Commonwealth of Virginia. And this weekend – In Ferrum, it's the 50th Blue Ridge Folklife Festival. Congratulations, everybody, for putting this thing on for 50 years. And Ferrum, again, is a lovely little spot in Franklin County, population of just over 2,000. And it's home to Ferrum College, this town, and this Folklife Festival, all in the Roanoke metro area, but more southeast of Roanoke, Virginia, is where you'll find Ferrum. And a lot of folk life being celebrated this weekend at the Blue Ridge Folk Life Festival festival number 50 for the fine folks in Fairham, Virginia. Congratulations. Going on in Beaufort, South Carolina this weekend. What a great festival. It's hard to believe it's now 8 years that they've been celebrating Pat Conroy, but his wife, his widow, Cassandra King Conroy helped start this event to honor the great Southern writer And a South Carolinian via Georgia, Pat Conroy, the author of Prince of Tides, The Water is Wide, The Lords of Discipline, The Great Santini, and more. One of the South's greatest 20th century writers, Pat Conroy. And in his town that he grew up in as a child, his dad was in the Marine Corps, and that was a big subject in the movie Great Santini. What an awesome movie if you ever have a chance to see that one. He died roughly nine years ago, and his widow, Cassandra King Conroy, who on her own is a very talented Alabama writer, and she has written books like Making Waves that's been highly acclaimed, and she also wrote the New York Times bestseller The Sunday Wife, and she and Pat somehow got connected in their late years and got married, and to help keep the Pat Conroy legacy going, In Beaufort, South Carolina, this weekend, it is the 8th Annual Pat Conroy Literary Festival. One of our great Southern writers of the 20th century has this nice literary festival in his hometown of Beaufort, South Carolina. Check it out this weekend for this alumnus of South Carolina's Military College, of which he wrote about in the Lords of Discipline. This weekend in West Virginia, it's the Butcher Bend Autumn Festival at the West Virginia Interstate Fairground on Butcher's Bend Road. Yes, Mineral Wells is the town, and the Butcher Bend Autumn Festival right there in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, is where the party is going to be going on this weekend in the Mountain State. And as we wrap up our list of Great festivals across the southeast. We got to take you to Calhoun County in Mississippi because this weekend, in arguably one of the South's greatest sweet potato towns, in Vardaman, Mississippi, this weekend at Vardaman High School, it's the Vardaman Sweet Potato Festival. Oh, yeah, they like some sweet taters in the state of Mississippi, and Vardaman is the place to be this weekend. Vardaman is roughly 45 miles south. West of Tupelo, it is a uh, a little agrarian community in Calhoun County, and this weekend, oh, they'll be digging up a good time at the Vardaman Sweet Potato Festival. I was recently looking at a Mississippi sweet potato field, and I thought of Vardaman, although I was a couple of counties away from uh, that little sweet potato hub, but this weekend, yeah, it's plenty of yams. They'll be having a yam good time at the Vardaman Sweet Potato Festival at the high school there in Calhoun County, Mississippi. Old Rex would be proud. All right, that uh, wraps up our headlines of what's going on across the southeast here in terms of festivals that are happening this very weekend. We hope you can get out and enjoy. When we come back on y'all, we're going to wrap up this Thursday edition as I'll have a little preview of what's on, on tap at y'all.com the South's homepage. I just told y'all earlier in the show about a brand new story that I haven't even posted yet and I'll remind you of what that story is all about and other great stories at y'all.com so hold on for the fun.
1: i give you the best I can give you, baby That's all I can give We'll live it the best we can live it, baby As long as we live What kind of love Never turns you down What kind of love Lifts you off the ground Turns your life around What kind of love Makes you go out In the wind and the driving rain What kind of love Runs through your heart With a pleasure so close to pain What kind of love Only this love that I
0: have we're wrapping up this Thursday Y'all show with a little Rodney Crowell music. And when I grow up, I want to have Rodney Crowell's hair and his ability to write awesome songs too. We're going to wrap things up with a little preview of what's at the homepage of the South, Y'all.com. And when I get off the air here in a second, I gotta go post a story at y'all.com. It's from Marshall Bone and it's titled How to Fight Dementia, or rather How to Fight Depression Naturally, okay? And Marshall has pinned this story, and I promised him I would get it up today. So, hey, John, get to work. How to fight depression naturally. You can read this article at y'all.com later today. Also, we have a great Donna Fargo feature up there. We also have on the homepage of the South the best fishing destinations in the South, as well as mapping road trips with kids across the South. All that on y'all.com. Boom, 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 boom. Four little characters on the keyboard. Y A L L.com. You can find it. Check it out. That wraps up our Thursday, y'all show. We'll see you back here Friday for a whole lot of fun. Thanks for listening.